The new year is just days away. New year, new me, new Big 12, new improved Big 12. We're going all the way from the HBCUs to the best conference in the land on the second part of our college basketball preview on sixth year seniors. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to round this week. That's why I got a college gift. That's why I was an All-American in Michigan. I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. The uh, the, the the eggnog was uh, was fantastic over the uh, over the break. Got a little coquito. Get get our Puerto Rico on. It was good stuff. That's always good. Eggnog is my favorite thing from the holidays. It's been it's, it's been good times, great times, the best times since uh, since the last time we talked. <laughs> yes, yes, since the the days that has been since we have last talked. It's been a, God, it's, it's, it feels like it was you know it simultaneously feels like it's been you know a week and it feels like it's been about two hours so. Old old friends, old times. It's 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 all coming together. We've only been doing this shit for now. I got to do the math in my head. Hang on. I was gonna say Hang it's on. year ten or eleven. You you always this remember is this. the I don't. This is the twelfth. This is the twelfth college basketball season. We have done this. We started the first college basketball season was the twenty thirteen season with Louisville and Michigan in the title game. Oh man. I barely remember that one. This is this is the twelfth time, which means this is the eleventh tournament because one of them got wiped out thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, screw you, COVID. Would have been San Diego State and Dayton in the Final Four with all the marbles, and we got screwed out of it. And then if San Diego State had beaten Connecticut this past year, we'd be talking about a dynasty down in Southern California. Something that's like not that. USC or UCLA. Yeah, we, we, yeah, the big the, <laughs> the Big Ten would have added San Diego State. Well, let's get started on the conferences that we did not get to last week. We're going to go down into the South, into the historically black colleges and universities, trying to find a way to get them out of the play-in games on Tuesday and Wednesday. We talked a couple weeks ago about the Chris Paul HBCU challenge that happened out in Las Vegas. I think that did them some good. Probably helped the best was Jackson State who went 2-0 in that two-day tournament. It wasn't really a tournament, just a kind of a, a play-out game. But Jackson State picks up a couple of wins, shows off for the committee. We'll see if that gets them into a Thursday or Friday game rather than a Tuesday or Wednesday. Still don't quite see it happening, but you never know what will happen. Texas Southern being joined by uh, by, by Alcorn State, I think, or somebody else that may have been doing the, uh, the road game gimmick. And and I went through. I was like, okay, well, you can play road games, but who are you actually playing? And, and these they're playing the big boys. I mean, they're going through. They're playing power five teams. 
on the road and just getting hammered for the most part. Texas Southern's one and eight, but they 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 fought in, in a lot of those eight losses. God, now you're you're already one and eight. You go through the conference season, you're barely going to be five hundred on the other end. Even if you're good in the conference, I don't think that that that's going to be enough to get them out of the plan. If it's not Texas Southern, though, you might be able to. For instance, Jackson State is four and eight right now. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, they play Northwestern on the 29th. I doubt they'll be able to win that game. But if they do, then they can beat Purdue. Yeah, then they'll also have a transitive win over the assumed number one team in the nation. Yeah, so. yeah. As Southern is four and seven, probably be six and seven after they play a couple of cupcakes. You go six and seven, and then you go, let's say, twelve and six in conference. That puts you five games above 500. That's a, and you win your tournament. That puts you seven, maybe eight games above 500. That's a decent looking record. Yeah, that's a big hill to climb, though. Uh, Southern probably has the biggest win over anybody. They've beaten UNLV and they beat yeah. Mississippi State. To me, that would get them out of Tuesday, Wednesday. You beat a Power Five team on the road, you don't have to play on Tuesday or Wednesday. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe that's the pathway. Yeah, yeah. You start winning some of these games. You mentioned Texas Southern one and eight. Alcorn State is one in twelve, but they've played seven top one hundred teams. And yeah, yeah they got they... smashed. But I, I think it's going to help them come tournament time and even during their own conference time. Everything else is going to seem easy. Game slows down, right? That's the idea. Yeah, they ain't ducked nobody. One team to, to watch, they haven't ducked people, but they also have not been competitive at all. Mississippi Valley State, they are 0-12 as we speak right now. Oof. They just got hammered by Baylor. Ken Palm does not have them as a favorite at all this year. Uh-oh. He does project their record at 3-28. and but right now, there is not a confirmed win on their schedule. We'll have to keep a watch on them. There's only three winless teams left as we speak. Mississippi Valley State will probably be the last to pick up a victory if they do. Potential overall number one seed in the SPCA. That's a, the, the, the dubious honor. So keep an eye on that. Playing their way toward the championship in Bakersfield. Bakersfield. <laughs> or Mobile. Take your pick. Uh, come on. <laughs> Over in the MEAC, Howard and Norfolk State are the favorites. Norfolk already has a win over VCU. They've got a point guard, Jamari Thomas. He's coming in from Wilmington. I mean, that that's a big grab for Norfolk. Uh, keep an eye on, on North Carolina Central. I, I always like the work that Coach Moton does there. They're always a tough out. They've taken a step back the last few years, but I think the pieces are in place where they can compete with the Howards and the Norfolk States of the conference. Uh, so keep an eye on NCCU. Yeah, actually, they just beat Longwood and took yeah. them out of the longest winning streak in the nation. That's a decent victory for Central. Howard, of course, also always a threat. They've got a good front court with forward Shy Odom and Bryce Harris. Uh, they've got a good starting five, not much on the bench. If you can keep those guys on the court, have them play 35, 38 minutes a game, you might be able to beat somebody. 
It's possible. It's in play. And finally, we get to the Southland, where we definitely have a team that not only is going to get out of the play-in, but my God, they can make some noise in this year's tournament. McNeese State is currently in the top 100 in Ken Palm and 48th in the NCAA net rankings. Coach Prime doing work for, for McNeese State. Right, so is Will Wade the new Coach Prime? He's the basketball Coach Prime. He brought in 10 transfers, led by shooting guard Shahada Wells from TCU. Christian Shoemate actually played for McNeese last year and anchors a pretty strong front line. They are a talented group. They've beaten VCU. They've beaten UAB. Those are two good, good undercard uh, wins for, for McNeese. They will, by the time you hear this, they will have gone on the road to Michigan. I am curious as to how that's going to go. Because I honestly think, I really do think that the Cowboys have a shot to go into Chrysler Arena and win that game. Oh yeah, Michigan's not playing well, but that is still a Power 5 Big Ten basketball team. I I agree with you. I I think McNeese has got a shot. In fact, let's see, looking at the Ken Palm stats... Ken Palm only has them losing by seven. On the road. That's that's big time. If you can stay within two possessions of Michigan, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And, of course, they also have a victory over the Mississippi University for women, 92-23. <laughs> that's going to put butts in seats. I had to do some research on that university after we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It is now a co-ed university, but for whatever reason, they decided not to change the name of the university when they went co-ed. I figured that was the case, but, you know, you never know in, you never in 2024. Know. Yeah. You know, you, be, you do you. You know, you have an entire transgender uh, basketball team. I'm, I'm game with that. You can have a women, you have women's school with a women's <laughs> team and a men's team. You have both. It'd be fantastic. But in all seriousness, McNeese is serious. I, they're good. They're, they're, they're 92nd uh, in Ken Palm, which this blows me away that they're actually ranked higher in the net rankings than the Ken Palm rankings. Let's say, I mean, they're 48. That makes them a 12 seed according to the NCAA. How high do you think McNeese can get? Say they run the table. Say they upset Michigan. That would make them how about twenty nine and two? Twenty nine and two plus their uh, conference tournament, probably two more games. Thirty one and two, McNeese State. How how low can the NCAA tournament committee screw them? I've got it. I you'd have to think they'd be a six seed at worst, right? Or maybe at best. At least a six. I would hope they'd be a six. I I can see the tournament committee, uh, again, making them like a nine and forcing them to play a one in the second round. Yeah, there you go. You have the low major with the gaudy record having to, have to take on Goliath in the second round if they can get out of the first. Yeah, that's it, most likely they'd be an eight or a nine seed. And, and then, of course, they'd give them you know, some underrated power five conference team that has underperformed all throughout. The, you know, it's the old Kentucky thing. You know, they did to Wichita State years ago. Of course. 
but it's something to watch as the season goes along. McNeese State in the Southland Conference. Keep an eye. Another conference that might get tossed into the play-in situation is the Metro Atlantic. Iona is struggling, and I don't know how much of it's because they're missing Rick Pitino, how much of it is that they're missing player of the year, Osborne Shima, who just came back this past week and seems to be the piece they need to turn the corner. Uh, just last week, they destroyed Colgate at home, and that was the best look that Iona has had so far yeah. this year. I think Iona's going to come around a little bit, but I do wonder if they've you know, kind of, I don't want to say put themselves in a hole because they're, you know, there's, it's a one bid league. They can win the they can win the conference. So they'll be fine. Oh, yeah, be a confidence hot in three issue. days. Yeah. yeah, there's a confidence issue you gotta you gotta worry about. And and who who are the you know who are the scavengers out there that are ready to pick the bones if they can't get it together? You've got you know Darling from a few years ago, St. Peter's. They're lurking. Marist might be the best team out there. Quinnipiac might be hanging around, but nobody's really jumping off the books here. Well, Marist is a team that gave Iona that early conference loss. So we look at them. They've got a big center, Max Allen, 6'9", 250 pounds. That's the kind of guy you need in these lower conferences. Uh, yep. He can dominate. Shoot 65% from the field, 81% from the line. Always helps when you have that kind of big dude in the middle of the lane clogging up things. Absolutely. And if he can hit free throws, extra bonus. Let's move out to the Summit. Always fun, high-paced league. This year, I'm not sure that they have the kind of team that will threaten anybody in the NCAA tournament, but the conference might be really fun because there's four or five teams that can threaten to take this bid. Absolutely. South Dakota State's going to repeatedly come up. The other Dakota schools might be able to have have a say. Oral Roberts is hanging around. They've played at Kansas State, at Texas A&M, at Texas Tech, and played them all to the final minute. I really like Oral Roberts. They're no stranger to NCAA competition. They've got five guys that are scoring double digits for them, led by uh, led by Isaac McBride. Those dudes are going to be good. Keep an eye on Denver. They've got a dude third uh, scoring in the nation, Tommy Brewer, 24.2 points a game. This is an interesting league because there's a lot of teams that that will be able to compete at the top level here. I don't think any of them really can separate from the pack, except for maybe Oral Roberts. I really like Oral Roberts here. We'll see what happens. Uh, The monkey in the wrench is St. Thomas because they're not eligible for the NCAA tournament. But they shoot threes 46% of the time, and they make 35% of those threes. They get hot. They can beat anybody. I don't think they can win the conference, but they can prevent somebody else from winning the conference. Fair point. It'll be a fun league this year. Staying in the Midwest to the Mid-American Conference. Did you know that other than the Ivy League, the Mid-American Conference is the steadiest conference in division one basketball they have not had a conference realignment since 2006 that sounds about right they're the fbs football conference that hasn't been affected by realignment because nobody wants any of the teams out of the back (laughs) they know what they and they know what they are they know their niche and and they're fine with it 
I don't have a good read on this league from a basketball standpoint. There's Kent State and Akron. I like Akron a little bit more than Kent State. I think Bowling Green and Ball State might be lurking. Other than that, I don't feel a lot here. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it is Akron and Kent State. One player to watch for Akron. 2022 leading scorer, Ali Ali. He left for Bit Butler, played there in 23. Now he's returned. He just won his appeal to play this season, and he scored 13 points in his debut against Northern Kentucky. That just gives Akron a whole level of talent that they didn't have a week ago. That's a big upgrade in the middle of the season, especially in a conference like that. So as we talk about continuity, let's go to the Ivy. We thought we might have had a fun story with the Ivy League and Princeton running the table, but they lost to St. Joe's earlier in December. Still, though, if they can finish with one loss, where would the NCAA committee put a one-loss Princeton team? One-loss Princeton who has beaten Rutgers. They got a win over... Let's see. I'll throw Hofstra in there. We mentioned Hofstra last week. Top 100. Um, Duquesne as well. They got some decent undercard wins here. Again, I, I feel it's one of those deals where they probably top out at about a six seed. And Boy, if, if Princeton get a ride. six, I would be thrilled if I was Princeton. The only problem with that is now, finally, you're not an underdog. It's the shock of smart syndrome. You're not oh, an underdog. How do you play as a favorite? I don't think they can get to a six, though, unless there's mass carnage underneath them. Because the Ivy's down this year. It is not a good year for the for the Ivy League. Princeton, I think, is is the class of the league. I'm not sure it's close, but we'll, we'll see if anybody's got anything for the Tigers. One of the reasons Princeton's looking so good this year is their small forward, Xavier Lee. He improved greatly this summer. He was the leading scorer for Canada's under-19 World Cup team. All of a sudden, the light bulb went on in Lee's head, and he's brought it over to this season of college basketball. Lights out scorer. Does anybody challenge Princeton for the league title? I don't think so for the league title. What's always interesting is because they have a four-team postseason tournament. Yep. Who that fourth team is going to be. I think Yale and Cornell will be two and three. But then it's Harvard, Penn, Columbia, all fighting for that final conference playoff spot. I think they're all playing for second place. Well, yeah, because what they'll be playing for is a first-round matchup against Princeton. Yeah, exactly. Let's get out to the West Coast, starting the Rocky Mountains in the Big Sky Conference. Weber State has six foot six power forward Dylan Jones, NBA prospect. That should be enough to keep them favored in the big sky. Uh, they already have a road win at St. Mary's, and they beat Yale in Canada at something called the Atlantic Slam. Whoa, 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 hang on. Last, last week, you were giving me shit about Coastal and, and whatnot. We're, we're doing the Atlantic Slam in Canada. Did they play this in Halifax? Was it at St. <laughs> John? Was it out in Newfoundland? Okay, my guess wait is a minute it wasn't. Because, you know, Canada does go all the way across the continent. Canada can be both Atlantic and Pacific. It, yeah, it, it is from, 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 from sea to shining sea, and I can't remember there's a, a Canadian version of that. I don't remember what they call it. But yes, there's a, there, there are the Atlantic provinces, provinces and there are the Pacific provinces. I want to know where the Atlantic jam was held. 
Uh, it was held in Montco, New Brunswick, Canada. So it wasn't New Brunswick. It is the Atlantic Jam. Okay, I'm shocked. I was expecting this to be somewhere in Ontario, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? No, okay, it was in New Brunswick. I, I, all right, fantastic. I, that, that, that's great. I might be going to New Brunswick next fall. It's fantastic. You know, I used to know Canadian cities and provinces better when there were more Canadian hockey teams, and it was just a matter of, okay, what division are they in in the hockey? For a while, all right, so, so in the AHL, Moncton had... Uh, they were the Hawks, and it was the Moncton Hawks, and, and event, I think they eventually became the Moncton Oilers, and they were the, the AHL feeder to Edmonton. Moncton, New Brunswick, fantastic. Outstanding. At the, at the Atlantic Jam. That's a road game for Weber State. Good Lord, that's a, that's a haul. That, that is a haul. From Utah all the way out to New Brunswick. Good God. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's Weber State. I don't know if anybody else has anything for them. Keep an eye on Eastern Washington. That's about all I got on this, though. It's Weaver State in the field. Yeah, Eastern Washington, I'm disappointed in them only because last year they had this kid, Steel Venters, who was really good. He went to Gonzaga and promptly got hurt. And it's too bad because that's actually the kind of guy that Gonzaga needs right now. You're not wrong. You are not wrong on that. But yeah, as for this year, I, I really don't see anybody competing with Weber. Maybe Montana, but that's about it. And, and actually, by the time you hear this, they'll already played in their opening conference game, Montana at Weber State on December 28th. What else we got out West? Well, let's roll out to the Big West. That's always fun because these are the guys who weren't good enough to get into USC and UCLA and often have a chip on their shoulders. Santa Barbara was last year's NCAA participant, lost in the first round to Baylor, but looked pretty good doing it. Their leading scorer and possible NBA prospect, swingman Ajay Mitchell, is back. That right there is always going to give them the best player on the court. Very good point. Big West should be good this year. I, you know, I've, I've talked about how... How I think there's 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 some of the the, the mid majors that are that are un, underperforming this year. I don't think the Big West is one of them. I think there's I think there's a handful of teams out here that could get out of the league and and scare somebody in the first round of the tournament. I got my eye on Long Beach. I like the Treor brothers, uh, especially Lucina. That dude's a walking double double, eleven and ten a game. His brothers got ten and seven. So you got you got some dudes down low who know each other, have some chemistry, and can just be pests down low. Long Beach has already beaten USC. Yeah, but and Michigan. Yeah, we talk about Michigan. <laughs> Michigan comes up again. Um, Irvine can be a problem. Watch out for the Rainbows. Rainbows have been on the upswing late. I. It's, it, I I think the top half of the league could compete here for the, for the league title. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to separate. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. A, a couple of player notes on teams you just mentioned. Irvine has a freshman, Darren Saren. He hasn't started a game, but he scored in double digits in all but two of those games. I wonder if they make the change and get him in the starting five or if they leave the instant offense on the bench. I'd say microwave Johnson. Absolutely. And Hawaii has this kid, Juan Munoz. He's a 6-0 guard who first redshirted in the 2016-17 season for Longwood. Good God. What was he, he played four years at Longwood, then grad transferred to Hawaii 
in the 2021 season had knee injuries that prevented him from playing until finally this season. He's off the bench in seven games. He had a career-high 19 against Central Arkansas. But this is his eighth year of college basketball because Good of all those injuries. God. And the COVID year. And the red shirt. And the grad transfer. Fun times. Out in the whack, New Mexico State has left. We mentioned them last week. It was last week, right? Yeah. Whenever it was, yeah. <laughs> we could have talked about that two weeks ago. We could have talked about that 15 minutes ago. I have no two idea. hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Canyon now is the prohibitive favorite with New Mexico State out of the conference. They already have wins over San Diego State, Liberty, and San Francisco. Grand Canyon really did well in moving into Division One. They hired high-profile coaches. Uh, now yep. Bryce Drew, before that, uh, Dan Marley. And that got them good talent. The good talent gave them good seasons. The good seasons brought in better prospects. And here they are challenging for conference titles on an annual basis. Yeah, it, it really feels like Grand Canyon here. They haven't been to the tournament yet, have they? I think they have. Did they? Weren't did they, they in it one? like a year or two ago? I don't remember. I, I, maybe they've been. I can't remember now. Uh, let, let's but it see feels like, here. Let's look at it. I don't remember them registering. I know that. Maybe they were a 16 seed. Uh, last played. year, they were a 14 seed and lost to Gonzaga in the first round. 14 seed. They were 14. Good Lord. Okay. In 2021, they were a 15 seed to Iowa. Maybe I don't remember because they haven't pulled the upset yet. Maybe that's what it is. They have to pull the upset for it to trigger in my head. There you go. Maybe this is the year, though. Tyon Grant Foster, 21.6 rebounds a game. That dude is Conference Player of the Year worthy. Wait, wait, wait. Did um, you just say 21 rebounds a game? I said. I thought I said six six rebounds. 21 and six. Oh, oh, oh okay. I, I thought it was 21.6. <laughs> no, no, 21 points, six rebounds per game. Um, he's been fantastic. They got dudes. It feels like Grand Canyon in the field for me, but I think there may be some turbulence underneath that may be able to at least keep this interesting. It was super competitive last year. I would think that would carry over again to this season. Well, the biggest deal is there's a lot of teams that have to do a lot of traveling. Grand Canyon is one of them. You make that Texas swing, going to Austin, going to uh, Rio Grande Valley, to Arlington. Those are tough trips. Yeah. And, of course, the team that really has it the worst is Cal Baptist, having to come all the way from Southern California out to Texas on a regular oh, basis. Yeah. Yep. It ain't easy. But I agree with you. The, the middle of the whack is really fun. Uh, that's some good late-night action. Pretty much any time two whack teams get together, always close games. From the whack, let's go to the West Coast. We broke the news a couple weeks ago now that Oregon State and Washington State will be joining the West Coast next year. Get yourselves ready. You got new competition next year. This year, however, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco, is it the same old, same old, or can somebody beat Gonzaga? I think Gonzaga's margin of error has drastically decreased. Gonzaga is the best team in the league, but they are not the monolith 
that is impossible to climb at this point. I think that St. It's you made the comment weeks ago. Oh, you know, you know, Saint, you know Saint Mary's, you know, was the the preseason pick to, to win the league, but you were you know the, the, that was just the media giving Gonzaga shit because they were they were teasing to, to leave the league. I don't think that's completely insane now, even though I still do think Gonzaga's the best team in the league and should win the league. But the gap is the gap is close enough where it, it falls within the margin of error overall for the for the survey portion of it. San Francisco might be able to, to compete. Those three for sure. I'm. See, and, I'm and not this sh- is where it'll help because this is exactly where Oregon State and Washington State will slot in. It they fill that gap with yeah. San they Francisco right behind St. Mary's. Yeah, they'll fill that gap. If Gonzaga is going to lose the conference, it's going to be because both St. Mary's and San Francisco beat them at home. And then they're going to need another upset of Gonzaga, much like happened last year when I I think it was Loyola Marymount. Cam Shelton went crazy on him in like the last five minutes, took the game into his own hands, scored every point, willed Loyola to the victory. It's those kind of victories and defeats for Gonzaga that have to happen if the Zags are going to lose this conference. And I think those kinds of wins are, or upsets, however you want to put it, those kinds of incidents are more likely to happen this year, even though it's still not likely. And again, I I don't think Gonzaga is a Final Four contender right now. They're solid. They're good. They're second weekend good. They're not Final Four good. We'll see how that percolates as the season goes along. I'll even get more specific. I think they're third round out good. Yeah, like I said, Sweet 16, but I don't think they're going any further. Yeah, which technically doesn't get them to the second weekend, but I, I know the what you're talking second about. Second week. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, Grammatical. If they, play, if, they, if they get the Friday-Sunday draw, Friday's the weekend, damn it. So, <laughs> shit. There you God. go. Semantics. Jesus Christ, old man. Hey, it's real to me, damn it. <laughs> get off my lawn. I'm shouting at clouds. Let's move over to the Atlantic 10. I think that the American Conference has taken over the Atlantic 10 spot as that best of the mid-majors or least of the power or whatever's conferences. That's fair. But... This is still a good conference that could get two or three teams out of there into the NCAA tournament. Dayton, as usual, the preseason pick. They've got wins over St. John's, SMU, Cincinnati. That's all good. Uh, That's solid. But I'm I'm not sure really how far that'll take Dayton. Uh, Again, except for that one, except for the COVID year, they always seem to have a good team, but then they disappoint. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that squares up either. It, it again, it, it it'll be you know, seven seed good, and maybe maybe an ugly first round win, and they're out in the second round. Maybe there's something more there that we haven't seen yet, but I I, I don't see it. The ceiling on the league is, is is capped, but the floor is high too. You you know what you're getting with the A10. That's kind of what it is. You're going to get two teams, maybe three, and they'll be a pain in the ass in the first round, and one of them may pull an upset. 
I think it's Dayton, but who the other who the other teams would be out of that bunch, I'm not quite sure. I lean St. Joe's. I'm liking yeah. St. Joe's. They've got victories over Villanova and Princeton. I mean, those are two solid teams. Philly uh, tough, nine absolutely. And two right now. I also like Duquesne. Last year, they got the 20 wins for the first time in many years, and they started the season 8-2. and two. I'd love to see Duquesne get into the tournament. That'd be super fun. And, and maybe maybe they're you know one of the teams that can get up and, and compete with Dayton. I think the league is good. I think it's competitive. I think the middle of the league will be super solid. And, and now we have new rules on the NIT, but this is, you know, the, the, the A-10 could, could run roughshod in the NIT. You get five teams in there. Who knows how the hell the, that's going to play out in the, in, with the new shit. Well, I, I don't think they I don't think they'd be able to do that because they are not one of the power six. I know they're not protected. Oh my God! In the Mountain West, San Diego mm. State coming off the championship game loss to Connecticut. I don't even know if you'd call last year a Cinderella run or not because San Diego State has been a solid basketball team for a number of years. It's just the Mountain West has not been able to do anything in the NCAA tournament. And they wrapped it all up into this year or this past year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were a five seed last year, so it's not like they totally came out of nowhere. But when you are, you know, when you're coming out of the Mountain West and it's not, you know, it's not the ACC, it's not the Big Ten, it's the Mountain West, that's different. You know, it took Gonzaga two decades to build that, to, to build that clout. And they were there every year. San Diego State has been there, but the consistency of the program has not been to Gonzaga's level. It's been a, a clear step down. Though the peaks have gotten near up until up until the past five or six years. Up, they've gotten near where Gonzaga had been, but they could never get all the way uh, until this past season. I mean, this is how I framed it. San Diego State, on national television, on Final Four Saturday night, hit a buzzer beater to go to the national championship game. That's big time college basketball. I mean, that's what it is. Can they keep the momentum going? I know the Mountain West has taken a lot of heat for their tournament performance. This is a damn good basketball league. It's loaded this season. There are teams all over the place that can uh, that can compete here. San Diego State's going to have its hands full uh, defending its conference title. You mentioned the comparison with San Diego State and Gonzaga. And hey, what do you know? December 29th, they play each other. Look at that. How about that? Jadon Ledee, 6'9", 240, shoots 58% from the field. But this is the stat I love. He's averaging... Four offensive rebounds a game. Get after it. Now, you mentioned the depth of the Mountain West. And that's true. Colorado State, New Mexico, Nevada, and Utah State each only have one loss at this point in the season and nine top 100 wins. I, th- this uh, is a yeah. deep, deep conference. Absolutely, uh, and, and I'll, th- I'll I'll be a homer here. I want to throw one out for Boise State. Yeah, They're, they've lost three games. They lost at Clemson. They lost and they lost uh, in Orlando in the Thanksgiving tournament to Virginia Tech and Butler. 
They have wins over San Francisco. They have wins over St. Mary's, over North Texas. Boise has been very, very good as well. This is a deep league. I don't know how many bids they can get. My guess is four. My guess is four, but they might deserve six. We'll see how it plays out. I agree with you there. And then I'll bet you one of those two teams that doesn't get into the NCAA tournament will also get screwed by the NIT. (laughs) That's perhaps accurate. But yeah, let me tell you something. New Mexico is really good. They they haven't played a loaded non-con schedule, but they have dropped the hammer on some jabronis. The Lobos are good. San Diego State's good. Hey, the Lobos, led by some some kid named Jamal Mashburn Jr. We're fucking yeah, old. Yeah, I remember man. that We're from old. last year. And I don't care what you call it. They're still playing in the pit. You can put all the corporate sponsors you want. It's the goddamn pit. One of the best home court advantages in the nation. Absolutely. One more shout out before we leave the Mountain West. UNLV is only four and five. They, they had a game against Hofstra that we don't know the result of right now. Fourth wall. <clears throat> uh, but they also hold a win over Creighton. Throw out the record right now. They do need some wins, but they're going to be a scary team in the Mountain West as well. So that puts the Mountain West six deep right there. Yeah, Vegas Vegas lost close at St. Mary's. Actually, on the road seven deep. Excuse me. Yeah. Vegas is going to be tough. It's a good league. It's a really good league. And actually, I was watching San Jose State and Santa Clara the other night. San Jose State's not a bad team either. No, they're not. Even the the bottom of the league will be will not be easy easy outs. They're going to make you work for it. All right, let's move to the big conferences. Heading out to the Atlantic Coast from the Pacific Coast. Let's talk about the ACC. Miami of Florida was the surprising winner of the ACC last year. Got a number five seed, upsets Houston, gets all the way to the final four before losing Connecticut. I'm still trying to get a read on the league. Miami's solid. I think last year was a little bit of an aberration. They're good, but they're not that good. We sort of kept waiting for Clemson to make the leap. And I'm wondering if this is the year where the Tigers finally can ascend to a true ACC contender. They've got a really good group down there. As of this recording, they've only lost one game. They got tripped up at Memphis. We talked about Memphis last week. And, and, um, and that just keeps looking better and better. A two-point loss to Memphis is a lot better than Virginia did. Virginia has offensive issues, and I'm not sure their defense is up to the same standard that they've had under Tony Bennett over the last few years. I know they've only lost a couple of times so far this season, but Virginia has struggled to their record so far. I am discounting the who's for now. They're going to have to prove it to me in conference play, which brings us back to the standard bearers of the ACC, Carolina and Duke. Can Duke build on their ACC tournament title last year? It was a big deal for John Shire, but then... The, the the road was laid out for them to make the Final Four. They could have played two home games at Madison Square Garden to go to the Final Four, but couldn't get past Tennessee in the second round. They got guys back. Filipowski's back. Jeremy Roach is back. The big guy down low is back. They got some good freshmen in. The pieces, in theory, are there, but they haven't clicked so far this year, which is very interesting. 
can Duke sort of figure it out? They, they've already got a loss in conference play to Georgia Tech. Can they figure that out? And then on the other side, Carolina. Armando Baycott is, is back for his 13th season <laughs> in Chapel Hill. R.J. Davis has played like a legitimate wooden candidate. He is playing like one of the best players in the nation through this part of the season. And the is other he, pieces... Is he the leading scorer right now in the nation? He is not, but he's, he scored 27 points six games in a row. And he I, just I know put that, in 20... that's why I'm shocked he's not. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It's crazy. He, 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 he was not filling it up at the beginning of the season to those levels. But and then he only scored 23 in their win over Oklahoma, knocking the Sooners out of uh, the the realm of the unbeaten. The pieces are fitting together better for Carolina this year. They have closed out games that last year they certainly did not. They played close game after close game in their quad one, and and just couldn't get over the hump. They figured that out already three times this season. They beat Oklahoma. They beat Arkansas. They've beaten uh, Tennessee. And they didn't play awful against Connecticut and Kentucky in those losses. I'm As a Carolina fan right now, I'm feeling pretty good about where the team is going. It feels like there is another step they can take. The ACC is going to be interesting this year because I, I do think Clemson and Carolina and Duke and Miami, those four teams I think are the, are the, are the cream of the crop in the league. And I think the, there's room there where the ace, the team that ultimately wins the ACC, they could make a run at a two seed and, and be a problem in the tournament, especially if you know, get, get, get location and draw squared away, final four contenders. I think any of those four teams could make a run to the final four with just a little bit of bracket luck. But I would certainly, I, I'd lean towards Carolina and Duke as being those those teams first. Clemson, still not sure on. Miami, I, Miami's a known quantity, but they were able to pull a couple of upsets last year and, re, and, and really just figure it out in March. Virginia's the wild card here because I think there's something up with that Virginia team and they are a step behind where they usually at, where that standard has been set uh, by Tony Bennett the last few years. The ACC is going to be interesting this year. So what do you think from there? Uh, eight? Eight teams getting into the tournament? Oh, shit, no. It's not going to be eight. Those those five I just mentioned, and maybe there's a Virginia Tech, Pitt could get frisky. Uh, I I think they can get six. I don't think it's going to be more than six. Oh, though. so you, the you ACC, just top-heavy and that's it, huh? I, 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 I do, but I don't. The ACC is dealing with a reputation issue right now, and it, and it, and it's a, it got a lot to do with with just the expansion of the league. And Louisville is an absolute anchor on the league right now. They I mean, they, killed uh, by they, Kentucky the other day. They should be put on probation for just how <laughs> bad they're playing. No, no, for no rules violation, for how bad they are playing basketball. They are not an, this is not an ACC caliber basketball program well, in the Louisville, way, what, Kentucky What's that right make now. Notre Dame then? Notre, Notre Dame's, Dame's been looking awful worse too. than Louisville. They are. They have an excuse in which they they lost their coach last year, and they are literally in the midst of a total rebuild. And they're and they're not a basketball school. Louisville's a basketball school for God for God's sake. And th- the standard is is higher than that for for Louisville. That's the problem with the ACC. The bottom of the league has really dragged the league down the last few years, and it's cost them in public perception. 
That's what it is. And, and it, it's really stupid. And Joe Lenardi's out here talking for some really stupid shit on his bracketology about decept deceptive. I don't even remember what the phrase was, but it was absolutely ludicrous. But the league is dealing with a, with a perception problem. They need to work that out before they get a little bit more clout. And I do think the middle of the league is not up to the old ACC standard. It just, it just is what it is. Some of that is some of that has been watered down by just the expansion of the conference. And some of it has been, you know, Carolina hasn't been Carolina good the last few years. Duke has not been national title contender the last few years. There's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces uh, playing against the... Uh, the, the ACC right now. Keep it on NC State. NC State might be uh, bubble worthy. So like I said, there's six teams. The, the the five I mentioned up top, there's another one out there. Like I said, could it could it be Pitt? Could it be NC State? Uh, Georgia Tech's been frisky this year. So and then the next the two go in the NIT. That's awful. Yeah. But, I, but man, it, it kind of dawned to me as we were talking about the bottom of the ACC, you realize that next year they'll also get the addition of Cal. And unless Cal turns itself around, you're going to have two of the worst Power 5 teams in college basketball in the ACC in Louisville and California. Yeah, great great commissioning there, Jim Phillips. That's fucking great. Absolute joke. And I can't wait for the California at Louisville matchup. That'll put butts in seats. So let's go from the ACC Talking about California, let's go to the Pac-12 in its final season. Arizona, definitely the favorite. Their only loss so far is to Purdue, and they came right back and just whipped Alabama, so showing no side effects at all. They were number one. They'll probably be number one again, and I'd love to see Arizona win the whole damn thing. Just like Washington will win the college football title, Arizona wins the college basketball title, and then the Pac-12 implodes. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, great work. Great work there, Pac-12. Who is there behind Arizona? That, that, that's the question I have with the Pac-12. Arizona's really good. I don't know. I don't know what the... Who's next? In Colorado, the, in the, who's, probably. But, it, but that's the thing. If Colorado is the second best team in the Pac-12 and they were destroyed by Colorado State, that tells me that the Mountain West should get more bids in the NCAA tournament than the Pac-12 does. Oh, but Pac-12's got a national championship contender, so so they're going to be... Or, which is weird, because you could say the same thing about the West Coast Conference for the last you know five years. Oh, Gonzaga's national championship contender. But they never really got the benefit of the doubt. And maybe the Pac-12 won't either. The Pac-12 has struggled to get bids in recent years. We've seen it. And I'm looking at, do they deserve them? I, I, I really don't know. I don't know who the second best team in the Pac-12 is. It should be USC, but it ain't. They're, they're underachieving once again. Yeah. I, that's, that's the common system with USC. Yeah. I hate to say it. I love Andy Enfield, but he, he's not performed well. Recruiting, I guess, would be the thing, even though he's got Bronny James. He's not recruited well the last few years, and it's shown in the, on the court. Dunk City West ain't working. No, it's not. He, he's getting a lot of dudes that have highlight film talent, but then you know will dribble it off their knee. I've got no feel on on the Pac-12 whatsoever. Beyond Arizona, I know Arizona is really freaking good. Arizona is national 
championship good. And I'm not sure anybody else in that league is is second round good. I, I do not know. Colorado might be second round good, but that's about it. Oof. It's hard to tell Colorado because they haven't played anybody really. And then when they do play somebody, they lose. Yeah. Utah? Is, is, might, might Utah be frisky? Maybe. That win against BYU looked really good. Yeah. But when you get into those kind of rivalries, teams get up for those games and you wonder yeah. how good Utah really is when they're not playing their next-door yep. neighbor rival. I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm with you. I don't see a lot of tournament depth in the Pac-12 other than Arizona. And no. if Arizona just walks through this conference and beats everybody else up, the chances are less and less likely that they're going to get more than about three teams into the NCAA tournament. Let me throw this out. How is UCLA a 500 team right now? Uh, because they lost wire to wire to Northridge the past week. Good grief. They lost a lot of talent. Jamie Jaquez, Tiger Campbell. Yeah, they they lost but, but a ton it, of dudes from, from those that, that two-season run they had. But That's, it's shocking yeah. that UCLA needs to rebuild. UCLA should just reload. Yeah, you're UCLA! It's crazy. But, but again, there's a lot of that going on right now. Carolina has struggled with that. I think they're on the right direction now. But they've struggled with that. We've seen what Indiana has. Indiana's been rebuilding for 20 damn years now. <laughs> so being, you know, being an old school basketball power ain't what it used to be. You have to work at it. You have to put in the work. And, and UCLA is still just trying to get some semblance of consistency because we see they have had they have had stretches of three, four year runs of, of success. And, but they can't sustain it. It falls back off, and they're back in they're back at the bottom of the roller coaster right now. I wonder how much of this has to do with the transfer portal. Grant, transfer it's, portal's only been around for a few years, but it's harder to keep good kids in the system, you know, yeah. to be able to reload. Yep, I think we're seeing that with Gonzaga this year. Gonzaga usually always has a couple of big guys that they redshirt, and all of a sudden they pop out, and you're like, "Holy cow, where'd this guy come from?" Yeah, they, they grow these guys on trees. Year. Yeah, exactly. And that could be the case with UCLA. They can't keep guys around long enough to reload. Nobody reloads anymore, except through the transfer portal. It's crazy. Bags of money. Bags of money. Dropping bags. I mean, come on. You know that's how Will Wade did it at McNeese State. I mean, let's, let's oh, absolutely. I don't think there's anybody that's dropped more bags in the last five years than Will Wade. Are we kidding here? Yeah. Right. One final conference, and that is the Big 12. We've talked about it a few times during the season. Because of football realignment, the Big 12 basketball conference is just insanely talented. I mean, they have been the best conference for, I think, about five or six years now. But with the addition yeah. of Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati, my God, they are deep now. The, the deal with the Big 12, they, they're going to lose Texas and Oklahoma next season, and that's a big loss for football. In basketball, it might. And I was and I say this with Randy it might be addition by subtraction. <laughs> and, they, and they're good. They're good programs. Texas was t- two minutes away from the Final Four last year. Oklahoma was undefeated until last week. 
These are good. Oklahoma's been to the Final Four in the last few years. They went in 2016. These are good programs. I think it's just too it's too crowded. Well, look what they're going to be getting though next year. Yeah, they lose Texas and Oklahoma, but they're gaining Arizona. They're getting Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. And Colorado. If Colorado's the, the second best team in the Pac-12, they're getting them too. Yeah, I think mean, Colorado it's, it's, is an iffy bunch year to year. Arizona's a powerhouse. Colorado might get exposed in the in the, in the Big 12, but nevertheless, you get my point. My God, where where do you even start here? Well, you, you it, start with Houston, the number one team in the nation. You love your Houston Cougars. Be. You love your Houston. I told you, if Houston wins at Allen Fieldhouse, they're going to win the national championship. Write it down right now, because it ain't going to happen. Go ahead and put the money line on the Jayhawks right now. I do think Houston and Kansas are the two best teams in the in the league, and I think everybody else is, is a step down. Now, now that being said, the second tier of teams in the Big Twelve is as good as probably the top tier in just about every other major league, and the third tier in the league is as good as the top tier in your high end mid major conferences. If the, the the degree of difficulty is just that much higher in the Big 12. I'm sad that we're missing the true double round robin that we had been doing uh, in the well, Big 12. Well, there's too many teams. The How could you That's do That's the it? problem. I know you're preaching to the choir with that. But, I mean. They would have started. They would have to start the conference season in November. I know. I, 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 I am, I'm just just grieving over the loss of my of my beloved double round robin. They were like one of the last they were the last of the big boys that were doing the double round robin. I one true champion. And we don't have that anymore. One true champion. Thank you, Bob Bowlesby. But my God, they could put twelve teams in the tournament. If is that insane for me to think? Okay, let me see. Let me see. Two, four, six, eight, nine, yeah, ten. Let yeah, yeah, I <laughs> they could put twelve in. <laughs> I think twelve, uh, twelve might be a stretch. Somebody's going to wind up getting falling off, but I, I don't think eleven is is insane. It's, I, I it would it would be is, crazy. I think ten is almost guaranteed. I kind of feel the same way. I, I'm, I'm I think looking they'd at get 11. Would twelve be would nine be a stretch. and ten. That's Cincinnati and Texas Tech in my. You book. think UCF is is, is yeah, eleven uh, and twelve, or Kansas State and Central Florida? I mean, there's no. Oh, bad, oh okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, there's no. The only bad team in the Big Twelve right now, in my mind, is West Virginia, and that's because West Virginia they had the uh, the Bob Huggins thing going on during the off season. Yep. Yeah, the 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 depth in the Big Twelve is absolutely bonkers. BYU, we talked about Houston, Kansas. They're national championship contenders. BYU's really good. Oklahoma uh, is really good. They're, they're, they're tough as hell. TCU's been good. Baylor had that weird meltdown uh, at East Lansing against Michigan State, but that they got bizarre. the athletes. Yeah, they got the athletes that can, that can go. They lost to Duke, too. They, they, they couldn't rebound off that, but they at least looked respectable against Duke. Uh, I do wonder uh, if, if they can get mentally right over the break and be ready for conference play. Uh, but they're too good not to be able to, to, to compete in the Big 12, even with the big boys in the Big 12. You haven't even mentioned Iowa State. Oh, yeah, they were they were the next one on the list, yeah. I mean, they smoked Iowa. They beat VCU. That's a solid basketball team. 
again, and there, that was what the sixth, seventh team I mentioned. It's absolutely insane. I don't even know how to how to wrap my head around all this. Who do you got? I guess I, guess, I mean we. I know who you got up top, but the rest of the league. Good lord. I'll even go so far as to say I don't think Kansas will finish second in the conference. How about that? Holy that! Wow. I, I think you, you, Baylor. BYU. Did the eggnog go bad? Did the eggnog go bad? <laughs> what in the hell are you talking about? Baylor, BYU, and or Iowa State can all finish in front of Kansas this year. Can. Along with Houston. Will. You can't. You're saying Kansas could, could finish as low as fifth? Is that what I just heard? They could. Now that. I know no, you're not I, saying I will. they will. I'm just saying they could. <laughs> could. I, I don't even think I want to say could, but I'll say they won't finish second. Wow. Yeah, they won't finish second because they're going to finish first. No, no. Kansas they're going the to finish no better than third. There. Okay. Oh, man. It's loaded. It, it, it is loaded in the Big 12. There's going to be some crazy Monday night basketball coming out of the Big 12. Good. Sign me up. Not, not to mention the, you know, all-day marathons that'll be on Saturdays. Well, CBS will be loaded up. ESPN will have a game. Oh, yeah. So, if I have Brandon Miller put a gun to your head, who is your national champion right now at the end of December? At the end of December, who's my national champion? I actually think I'd lean, I'd lean Arizona right now. I think their ceiling is the highest, and I think they have, they've got three months now to figure out how to get to that ceiling. The Big 12 is going to wear down Kansas and Houston. I, think, I do think Kansas and Houston are, are, the, are the top two in the Big 12. And, and until Purdue can prove to me that they're not choke artists in the NCAA tournament, I can't take Purdue. So I'm going to go with the, the, the school with the least amount of questions, and I think that's Arizona. And maybe they won't be battle-tested enough because of the weak Pac-12. Maybe that's the Achilles heel for Arizona. Well, here we go. So this will give you a little bit of cop-out. Instead of national champion, who's your final four? Final four, okay. I'm going to take Arizona. I'm going to take Kansas. And I'll probably take Houston. Uh, I, I, I do think that those, those two teams are, are good enough. And maybe, and maybe that means we've got a rematch in Phoenix between between uh, Kansas and Houston. That would be super fun. I, I love conference beef. The fourth team is going to be somebody off the board. I don't know I, I don't know who it is. But there, we've had enough weird stuff happen the last few years where it's not going to be a top three seed or anybody like that. Oh, you think it's going to go that far down the row, huh? Oh hell yeah! It, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a, 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 a it'll be somebody like a five seed, a six seed, somebody like that. Maybe it's North Carolina. McNeese Maybe my heels. No, it's not gonna be McNeese State. Come on, get the hell out of here. Princeton. Maybe another Mountain West school. Maybe another. Nah, I'm not taking Princeton. Maybe it's a Mountain West school that can come up. Maybe it's maybe it's a th- maybe it's one of the middle of the road Big Twelve schools that that gets a good draw and a little bit of bracket luck. That could totally. Could you see three Big Twelve teams in the Final Four? I absolutely. Oh yeah, could. I could. Yes. So 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 if you want to play that game, maybe it's may, maybe it's Kansas, Houston, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Oh man. I, yeah, I mean, who knows? 
I could totally see three big Big 12 teams in the Final Four. The funniest bit would be if there were two Big 12 teams in the Final Four, but they were Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, That would be the funniest bit of all of it. Um, Along with Auburn and... Uh, and Kentucky. Uh, let's see. And, and Arizona, because they're leaving the Pac-12. Oh, there, yeah, there you go. I think it's wide open, though. I like Arizona and Kansas a lot. Those would be, if, if you were tell me right now I had to pick two locks for the Final Four, I think those would be my two picks. Houston, a, a tight third, like I said, it's going to be carnage. It's it, There's going to be wild stuff happen. Purdue's going to get knocked off in the second round, and, and everybody's going to go crazy. I don't know what we're going to get from the ACC. We might get three ACC teams in the regional finals. We may have them all knocked out by the uh, by the second round. I have no idea what to expect from the ACC. Uh, I think the Big Ten are a bunch of frauds underneath. And I, I think Purdue's regular season good, but I think they're postseason frauds. I have no idea what to expect. I do expect it to be fun in March, though. Who do you got? Gun to your head. Who you got? I'm going to continue to talk up Houston and Arizona all season. I think that is going to be your, your championship final matchup. At that point, I'll take Houston to win it all. I like Marquette to come out. Uh, out of the Big East and uh, and surprise some people. I don't think they they might be your your three or lower seed that makes the Final Four just because of the depth of the Big East. Okay. Uh, and then I'll take a flyer on Auburn. Uh, I I think they could be a five or six seed that ends up in the Final Four if they get hot because they're one of those teams that has a very high ceiling and a very low floor. And all it takes is a chance to win six games in three weeks. I like it. I didn't have. I, I was going through the teams. I, I, I missed the Big East. I, I still think UConn's got something there. And there's another team there that could make a run. And maybe it's Marquette. We'll see. I'm concerned about Klingon right now. Just the way that replay looked and the reports that are coming out of Connecticut, I don't think that's a sprained ankle. We'll see. I don't trust ankle injuries with the big guys. We talked about it. So that's it. That's our college basketball previews for the 2023-2024 season. We'll come back after the January 1st Bowls. We'll preview the national title game, which hopefully is going to be Michigan, not Alabama, Michigan, and Washington. Don't, uh, don't hold your breath. That's all I'm saying. We talked about this already. You just don't want anybody to have any fun, do you? No, no, it's not me. It's it's not me that doesn't want anybody (laughs) to have fun. Nick Saban doesn't want anybody to have any fun. We all know this. This is an established precedent for the last 15 years, and and we all know this. But that's how it is. I got nothing else. What do you got? Anything? Nothing else. Nick Saban does not coach basketball, so we're going to have fun for the next three months. Well, for Nick Saban, Gene Stallings, Bear Bryant, Dennis Francione, Mike Price, and Mike Shula, our man Mike Shula. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. How did we just leave with Alabama football coaches on the college basketball preview? They very good work. We'll be back to talk about the fallout from the bowl games and God knows what else next time you hear us right here on 60 Your Senior.